0: The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. You know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually,
1: with the 2023 Nissan Frontier you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque.
2: Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Hey everyone, it's Michelle. Thank you so much for tuning in. Listen, we've all seen the headlines how over half the country is suffering from mental health issues from the effects of the pandemic. What if I told you that my next guest has some amazing advice on techniques that can teach your brain to heal your depression or anxiety? That's coming up next right here on Checking In with Michelle Williams. So glad you can join me on Checking In. This podcast is inspired by my book, Checking In with Michelle Williams, and I'm so excited that it will be launching in May of this year. In my book, I share how I had to rebuild how I think because it was also a contribution to my depression. And um, the person that is going to be sharing on today's podcast is Dr. Caroline Leaf. And I've been following her for a couple years. And last year we began working together. I was so starstruck when she personally responded to me. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I just wanna tell you guys that, you know, on this podcast, Checking In, I want to create a space where the podcasts and the episodes are relatable, you know. But I got to warn you, when Dr. Leaf gets going, you got to almost sit still because she is so, so smart. And the information and the jewels that she gives are so profound. It's kind of like I want you to sit still and and write this down. Or if you just happen to be riding home, you can listen to the episode. But when you get home, listen to it again, because I'm telling you what is about to go down is going to be monumental and it is going to change your life. Since working with Dr. Leaf, you know, jointly uh, with my therapist, I kid you guys not, my symptoms of depression have truly lessened. And um this is not to make anybody a believer. Listen, depression is real. Anxiety is real. People that have bipolar depression or people that have schizophrenia, all of that, All of that is real. But in my case, my testimony today, since working with Dr. Leaf early in the summer, I think we started in July of 2020. um, I have to be honest and tell you, definitely my symptoms of depression have lessened to the point I feel like they're almost non-existent. But I think what she's been training me to do Along with my therapist is how I respond to situations that would have triggered me or that would have put me down and would have had me sad for days. Days turn into weeks. Those weeks turn into months, and now I'm able to respond differently to situations that would normally anger me, piss me off, or hurt me. You know what I mean? And so I'm just excited for y'all to get into this week's episode. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's my friend. We keep touch and we talk regularly and she's amazing and I'm so glad to have her on the show. So buckle up your seatbelts, get your pen and paper ready because she's about to give it to us. Thank y'all so much for checking in with Michelle Williams. I am delighted to have an amazing special guest. And we're actually friends and we try to make sure that we are intentional about checking in with each other. My guest is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Dr. Caroline Leaf is a prolific communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist. She's an in-demand teacher at academic medical and neuroscience conferences. She is also the author of several life-changing books, including her latest, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Please welcome to my podcast, Dr. Caroline Leaf.
3: Oh, thank you, Michelle. So nice seeing you, my friend, and such an honor to be interviewed on your podcast. And I just love talking to you. You and I, yeah, we talk all the time. And we have these weekly check-ins. They go on for, oh gosh, two hours later, we haven't even started. (laughs)
2: Right, right, right. It's so good to be in communication with you. I've been connected to you for a couple years now with your, um, you have a book And the technique, I could be calling it wrong. It's the 21 day brain detox. And I don't know if maybe I reached out to you on Instagram DM or somehow. I think that's what it was. And you responded. And I was like, oh. Yes, I was starstruck that Dr. Caroline Caroline Leaf responded to me. And so we did the 21-day brain detox last summer, 2020. And it is something that still sticks with me because the 21-day brain detox, it goes beyond just the 21 days. And we have forged an amazing friendship. And hopefully you guys see
3: more in store with the both of us. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was starstruck when you reached out to me and you know, it was just an instant connection when I mean, you just know that that is someone that you just soul tie there, in the, in the mm. best sense of the word. And it was just so wonderful how we actually just for 21 days consecutively just talked through how to use our mind to change our brain. And, and it impacted, we reached thousands and thousands of people. And that was, yes. And, and I'm so excited about what the future holds for us working together, the scientist and the singer.
2: Yes, the scientist and the singer. Now, listen, since I brought up the 21 day brain detox, although that is not what we're really discussing, but I'm sure people are like 21 day brain detox. Give us a little smidget of it.
3: Well, Michelle, we can actually, it it does relate to the current book because I'm, and I've got the book here. I know you've got the book too. So that's Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess is my latest book, number 19. And that actually has my most updated version of the 21 Day Brain Detox. I can unpack it in terms of, you know, the, what it really is and, and how it's developed and, essentially it's a system for how to help you direct your mind to change your brain. So as our mind, and I say clean up our mental mess, because if we're human, which we are, and if we're alive, which we are, we are making messes of our our lives all the time. And that's just being part of being human, but we don't have to accept that as the norm and we don't have to stay stuck in the mental mess. We are so powerful and so able to clean up our mental mess. And when we talk about we can clean up our mental mess. What does that mean? That means that we actually are using our mind to clean up our mind. And in doing this mind cleaning up mind, we're also cleaning up our brain. So the I've for nearly four decades now I've been researching as you know the mind-brain connection and what is mind and what is brain and what's the difference between the two and what are thoughts and can you change your thoughts and how do you get those crazy thoughts under control and how do you deal with depression and anxiety and how do you build learning skills, all these, these things. And I've worked clinically for 25 years and I've done research for, for 38 years. And my most, uh, so any scientist will, um you're constantly learning, you're constantly researching and, and improving your own knowledge. And so this book is a cleaning up a mental mess is a culmination of 38 years of of research, but in the the most updated form, where we looked at all kinds of amazing stuff, which we can talk about, just showing the power of the mind and the mind-brain connection.
2: Yeah. So for those listening, there might be two people that probably just had an aha moment that said, wait a minute, the mind and brain are separate. They're two different things.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so you, to, to answer that question and also to just backtrack very quickly, because I didn't fully you answer your previous question. What's the 21 day detox? So the 21 day detox, the updated version is in this book and it's called the Neurocycle. I've from the extra research I've done, Michelle was an extra neuroscience and that kind of um, work in, in that area. I have updated the system and um, it's, it's a system. It's not, it's not replacing therapy. It's not replacing any self help tool. It's simply if you're alive, you're using your mind. Your mind never stops. You can go three weeks without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three minutes without oxygen, but you can't even go three seconds without your mind working. So your mind never stops. You wake up in the morning and your mind is online and you are responding to the text, the emails, the podcast, the work, the whatever you're doing, the news. And every like right now we are using our mind to process this conversation. People are hearing us. You and I are looking at each other. Some people Mm -hmm. are seeing us and that is all going into your mind. Your mind is processing it, and it's building it into thought trees in your brain, made of protein. So then, from there, to, to go to your next question, which is, what is mind? What is brain? So everyone has has knows what a brain looks like. So I just want you to imagine a brain in your mind. Well, that brain, if you think of what a brain looks like, and if you think of your brain and your body, so look at yourself. That brain in your body, you can see that that is actually only one percent of who you are. What mm-hmm. is the what is the other ninety nine percent? It's your mind. So what is your mind? It's you. It's your unique way that you think and feel and choose. So if you had to define mind, mind is how you think, how you feel, and how you choose. Thinking, feeling, choosing. My three fingers I'm holding up together. Those three things go together. You're always thinking. Because you're always thinking, you're always feeling because you can't think without feeling. And because Mm -hmm. you're always thinking and feeling, you're also choosing. You can't think and feel without choosing. you can't think without feeling and choosing. you can't so in other words, those three always go together. you think, feel, choose, think, feel choose. right now at the moment, as you're listening to me, you are you are converting my words and Michelle's words at four hundred billion actions per second. It's through your ability to think, feel and choose into protein trees inside of your brain. and, you are changing your DNA of every one of yourself. Mm-hmm. As as you are listening to me now, and you're building memory into your mind, so your mind's got is is, is like kind of outside your brain. Your brain and your body is this physical. I know this is kind of hard to, to imagine, but it's your physical. And your mind is what we would call the non-physical. And we study it using things like gravitational fields and, and quantum physics and electromagnetics and that kind of thing. Einstein first sort of kind of got a glimpse into this when he started doing um, his work on the photoelectric effects and how our bodies emit photons. So mind is, is, is totally real. It's the driving force. If you're dead, your brain will die. Your body will die. Because the mind has been removed, so it's whispered in your soul, and we can now start understanding it more. And you know, Michelle, for a lot, for many years, and even now, the mind is when we talk about mind in science, they tend to talk about consciousness, and they say that consciousness is the hard question of science. But actually, it's not the hard question of science because just being able to say consciousness is the hard question of science, you used your mind, so it's not the hard question; it's the most wow. obvious, most obvious question. So you, you're always with your mind. Your mind doesn't stop. Not even, as I said in that example, not even for three seconds during the day, your mind is working to build thoughts in response to all your experiences, everything you experience. from the time you open your eyes is getting being built by your mind into your brain and into, your, into your DNA. And then at nighttime, your brain sorts out what you have built. Mm. So you, you're with your mind, you think, feel and choose and you build thoughts and thoughts are look like trees. So when you talk about detoxing the brain, we're talking about using our ability to think, feel, and choose and fix up those thoughts that we made that were messy. We don't always think, feel, and choose in the best way. So we don't always build the best thoughts. Because every time you think, feel, and choose in response to an experience, Mm. you build that into a thought. So you have an argument, you think, feel, and choose, you build that thought in your brain, it's toxic, it actually causes brain damage. You fix up the argument, now you fix up that tree, that tree changes, how do you fix it? Through your thinking, feeling, and choosing. Now that thought tree, instead of it being an ugly, thorny tree, now becomes a beautiful green tree. That's all mind work. So in cleaning up your mental mess, I teach you how to do that. And the concept of the 21-day detox, system is called the neuro cycle. So from my latest research and the updated version, The five-step process that you use in the 21-day detox is called the neurocycle. And in this book, I very practically explain what the neurocycle is, what it does in your brain, When you use it to detox your brain. And the reason we talk about 21 days is because we see that it takes cycles of 21 days to be able to use your, to self regulate your thinking, feeling and choosing so that you can find all those toxic forests in your brain and fix them up and and turn them into the healthy forests in your brain. And that's detoxing, identifying those toxic habits, those toxic traumas, those toxic reactions Mm. that you've, that we've become established finding those, uprooting those, and working through those. And you use the neuro cycle to do that in cycles of 21 days. The first 21 days, which is a very important cycle, each cycle is important, is how you find the toxic issue. We can talk about how to find it in a moment. I don't want to talk about too many things in one concept, but mm-hmm. you, you, in the first 21 days, you identify, so you gather awareness of it, and you, so you embrace, process, and reconceptualize. And then the second 42 days. So the second two lots of 21 Mm -hmm. days. So 42 days, you you grow it. You make it strong enough to change your behavior. So what I research, Michelle, is that you can change your stuff in 21 days. But if you don't stabilize it, if you don't grow it strong, it won't change your behavior. So it takes 63 days to form a habit. Which and, I, and it's only habits that change behavior. So I said a lot there. I don't know if you want to unpack So, that. well,
2: the great thing is, is that if I'm hearing you correctly, um, as far as thinking, feeling, and choosing, I guess those are uh, verbs. So we have the power to change some things as it, as it relates to what we think, what we feel, and what we choose. Because I can wake up in the morning and I can think, oh, gosh, we're going to have a bad day. And then I can feel, oh, gosh, I'm going to get rejected on the job. And then I'm just going to be choose to be mean. And I'm just going to choose to stay negative about it because I know that this is what's going to happen.
3: Exactly. That's exactly what happens. And it happens fast. It's happening on two levels. It happens on your non-conscious, in your non-conscious mind at about 400 billion actions per second, what you've just described. Mm-hmm. And on a conscious level, it's happening in about 10 seconds and seven to anything from three to 10 seconds. And that can set the tone for the day. And then everything else that you experience. So then now you you wake up and you feel that. And then you read your first email. You're lying in bed, having your coffee, reading your first email. And even to get your coffee, you used your mind because you can't do anything without your mind. Now you read the email and the email, some other horrible whatever. And now there's three things that you are thinking, feeling, choosing. So you can be pretty worked up at that stage, which means that the two parts of your brain at that point would have started working out of harmony you would have an a decrease in blood flow and oxygen to the front of your brain. So your ability to be creative and and have cognitive flexibility and creativity will drop. Your impulsivity will increase and you start being driven by toxic patterns that are popping up from your non-conscious into your conscious mind. So we can have physical effects of negative thinking? Oh, my gosh, so much so. So the first half of the book, I actually have given the most updated research on how that happens. So, Michelle, we took two groups of people and mm. we did what we call a random control study. And I'm going to say this very simplistically, but it, science is really good. you, you, when you, Science is so important to understand why we do things that we do. So to answer your question, every thought that you think is in an instant changing every cell of your body. This is how big it is. As, as you're thinking now, you are, you have got 37 to 100 trillion cells in your body. So, just look at yourself now. That's 37 to 100 trillion cells. Every word that I'm saying, you are processing through your mind. So, you're thinking, feeling, and choosing about it. And as you're doing that, you are influencing the DNA of every cell of your body, and you're building protein branches in your brain. So, you're changing the structure of your brain. You're doing that. Now, we do that all the time, regardless of whether we're controlling it or not. We do that. That's just how you, as a human, how you designed. So, what I am advocating is that if you are, if your mind is always changing, then why don't, and if and, and your mind then is changing your brain because your mind, we said, is thinking, feeling, choosing. Your brain is the physical. Your mind moves through the brain and the brain responds to the mind but electrically and genetically and all that stuff. And you build these proteins. So it's not that the brain is making your thoughts. No ways. Your mind is making your thoughts and stores them in the brain. And then your brain uses those thoughts and. Mm-hmm. and, and then be able to express ourselves. But that's still, even the expression is, even the brain using the thoughts is driven by mind. And even your expressing is driven by mind. So mind is controlling everything. So, and it's always happening. So my thesis statement or my argument or what I'm proposing in this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, is that in order to clean up your mental mess, if your mind is always going, And it's always changing don't you want to direct the change because if you're not directing it you've got it's changing in in chaotic ways it's creating mental messes you're making wrong decisions you're going all over the place one one irritating thing into the next before you know it your day spiraled out of control and you're thinking then you start feeling anxious and depressed don't you want to be able to control it because if your brain's always changing don't you want to direct that change and that's what I have studied, and that's what I teach people to do with the neurocycle. That's what you're essentially doing with the right. the day brain detox. But I've taken it even wider. That it's not just for detoxing traumas and bad habits, but it's actually a lifestyle. And okay. I'm teaching I'm teaching you how to capture those thoughts and renew. You know, renewing your mind is a present continuous. You're supposed to always be renewing, and we're supposed to capture all thoughts, not just I- any thought now and then. We're making anywhere from eight thousand to one hundred eighty thousand thoughts a day. And on each thought, you can have 100 to 200 to 1,000 to whatever many memories because a thought's like a tree and a tree has branches. Trees have branches. Thoughts have Mm -hmm. memories. And you're making anything from 8000 to 180000 a day. I mean, that's an enormous amount of thoughts. You're supposed to be controlling how you make them. And the question is, can you? Yes. The answer is yes. Absolutely. The whole absolutely. thing is that self-regulation. That's mind management. You learn to self. You learn to mind manage through self-regulation. How do you learn to mind manage through self-regulation? By using the neuro cycle. In every situation. And, and, and we can, if you want, we can unpack the different situations. And however you want to go. Yeah. So we
2: have definitely heard a lot. We've even seen things that say, if you drink this concoction, um, your mind will be healthy. Now, I do know you also have a book um, that. Think and Eat Yourself Smart. Think yep. and Eat Yourself Smart. I'm glad you had think and eat at the same time, because it's more than just, okay. if I just drink this or I eat this leafy vegetable, I'm going to be smarter and I'm going to it goes together. So tell us about the nutrition part as well and our thoughts, because they both go together. But don't just think I think you got to eat better, but also do this the neural cycle that you're also discussing
3: exactly so that's a really good point so your mind controls everything as you you keep hearing me say so in other words your mind controls your heart your brain your digestive system your mind controls your immune system your liver your skin your your eyes everything is controlled by your mind it's the it's the generated it's the energetic force that drives your mind so you can and you can learn to control that and it's a skill that you develop so how so do the- i tell
2: my mind no more honey buns no <gasps>
3: Okay. So that's, you find some, you find some organic ones. (laughs) So, so so basically what we, what we have, if we look at the mind, Gut link. The mind controls the entire digestive system, and it's very complicated. the digestive system, as you all know, there's a lot of different parts, and you know there's the pancreas and the colon and the different three different parts of the colon and the, the small intestine, large intestine. It's very complicated process. So if the mind controls that, so you could be eating this really healthy farm-to-table leafy um, salad with that grass, wild grass-fed chicken or whatever it may be, like great, really, and the, that grass-fed cheese. And that organic bread, whatever it is, a totally like uh, superb. Now that's going to feed your brain and your body. And when they talk about feeding your brain and your body, you're talking about getting the nutritional value from it. So you eat it and then eventually it goes into your colon then into your cells as a nutritional substance to your cells. So if your mind is not right, listen to what happens. Because your mind controls right from when you put your food in your mouth, down your esophagus, into your stomach, into the colon, pancreas, gallbladder, everything gets involved. The whole goes into large intestine, small intestine, eventually into your cells. That entire process is controlled by by your mind so let's say that you're eating this super healthy salad you would think okay well I'm totally feeding my body but if you're eating it while you are in this I'm irritated with this one I'm frustrated with that I'm worrying about this I'm worked up about that I'm having this whole discussion about this is wrong and that's wrong and I'm, and I'm worked up so my mind is a mess my thinking, feeling mm. and choosing is this chaotic mess and I'm busy eating away but I'm in this state so what I've done now is I've sent through this energy into my brain I've activated a toxic thought the message has gone from directly from the brain to the gut because there's a it's called the enteric nervous system there's a connection between the brain and the gut and and Okay, so now I send the message and now my entire gut starts malfunctioning up to 80%. So that means that I'm going to lose up to 80% of the nutrition, even though it's good food. So for example, the pancreas is one of the parts of the digestive system. It secretes 20 different neuropeptides that we need to assimilate the nutrients into our cells. If I'm in that toxic messy mind mess, eating my super healthy food, but the mess, I will those, those 20 neuropeptides won't be secreted. Maybe only one or two, or maybe not in the right amount. So I will lose up to eighty percent of my nutrition, even though I'm eating healthy food. Most people don't realize it.
0: The final season of Power Book Two: Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything, and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghosts, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app.
1: and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue.
0: Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See slash iPhone for details.
2: I was going to say, I mean, you can be eating so healthy, but because of the mental mess, your gut, the whole digestive system, things are thrown off. I totally, oh, I totally, totally can understand that. So when we talking about, you know, brain health is linked to gut health, what are your thoughts on brain and gut health as it relates to depression and anxiety?
3: Okay, so that's an excellent question. So there's a gut-brain interaction. So once again, always remember, think, feel, choose is driving all of that. So as you are experiencing something, let's say that you've had these experiences in your life that you haven't dealt with. So let's say past traumas um, and from whatever age and you've got the, and they're in this forest of your mind. So they are these dark trees inside the green trees. Um, you know, just visualize a forest. That's the easiest way to understand what I'm about to say. Visualize a forest. That's what your brain looks like and what your mind looks like. Huge forests. In your brain, it's like little protein forests and the teeny little forest, but lots of them with millions and millions of trees. And in your mind, it's this huge, big forest. So just imagine a forest. And in the middle of the forest, there's this huge green patch, which is beautiful, exquisite trees, gorgeous. On the outside of the forest, there are beautiful trees, green trees, not as beautiful as the middle, but they're beautiful. Some are tiny, some are big. And then in between these clusters of dark trees, that's kind of what our mind looks like and what our brain looks like. It's this mixture that... Dark, center down the middle of these perfect trees is our wise mind, our made in God's image mind. Our, as scientists call it, in terms of neuroscience, our wired for love design. We don't yes. have any wiring in our brain I for anything that. toxic. Wired
2: for love, that love we design. are wired for love. We
3: I mean, wired for love. So
2: that's I know, another. That's,
3: I know that's another whole topic of discussion. Oh. It seriously is, but baseline is that your entire brain and body are not wired for toxicity your mind is wired for optimism so we not be not because we we're made in god's image that so will make sense we're wired for love Surviv- we're wired for survival survival hear that
2: <laughs> god is love we're wired for love and we're wired for love by god who is love
3: Exactly, and the core of who you are, neuroscientifically and neurobiologically and biologically, is all love design. So the proteins vibrate in a certain way. For example, you can take your you can take your heart, and you and the way that the, when you are operating in love, your heart functions differently in terms of blood flow, electrical flow, um, the vibrations, um, the way that the arteries dilate. So if you're operating in love, your dilate your arteries will dilate correctly, which means that there's going to be good blood flow for you through your body. You're going to get more blood. flow and oxygen to your brain so you're going to think more clearly and you you release a a hormone in your heart called an atrial nutritive factor which moves through your brain and your body and it makes you feel calm and peaceful I mean that's the why for love so when our mind's a mess if our mind's not a mess that's what happens but if our mind's a mess the blood flow in our heart doesn't work properly the arteries constrict they don't and and now you've got less blood flow flowing through your your body less blood flow and oxygen to your brain so now you can't think clearly so now Um, you get so, the, so every part same thing now with your gut the same thing your gut is lined with neurons neurons are the things in your it's are the neurons same neurons that are in your brain you have the same neurons in your gut you have 300 million neurons in your gut it's the same amount as in your spine so in other words as you are as your thought is formed in your mind it hits every part of your body it's not just the gut but the guts just very well studied and the, and the heart brain connection very well studied and we know a lot about that but every single part of your body is connected to your brain but the gut brain specifically that you asked about so as you are thinking, immediately there's a message to your gut. That is why you can get a gut ache, bloatation, cramping, GI symptoms so quickly when you're upset or when you're feeling anxious or depressed. You, you'll get that reaction because whatever you have, whatever you are feeling is, there, is linked to what you have what you have chosen and what you've thought. Remember thinking, feeling, choosing yes. is mixed up together. So if we're feeling depression, that's a, a symptom of an underlying issue. So we have to look at of feeling and think, okay, what were my choices? What were my thinking? And what were the thoughts that I built as a result of thinking, feeling, and choosing? And what was my perspective and what's the root? So depression and anxiety, as you and I have discussed many times, are not illnesses like we are currently told, which is very limiting and has actually increased um, the problems with mental health because labeling people's signs shows limits their ability to heal which is terrible. But when you, tell, when you tell a person, it's okay to feel depressed because it's not an illness. It's, an ex- it's a symptom of an underlying cause. The anxiety, symptom of an underlying cause, the psychotic you, break, symptom aunt, of- a-
2: Is, uh, sim- yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: No, 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 go ahead. So it's a symptom. No, 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 go ahead. You can interrupt at any time, I don't mind. Um, did, you want to, did you want to clarify something? No,
2: I thought, I just making sure I wasn't wrong when I, I think uh, depression is not a response, it is a symptom.
3: The pressure is yes, it's a symptom. Yeah, it's a symptom. So it's a warning signal. It's a war- It's what we experience. So yes, in a way, you could say it's a it will a resp- produce a response because the response will be what you say and what you do. So it's a it's a feeling. It's an emotional feeling, and it's so it's a warning. It, it's a it's a emotional feeling, and um, it is the result of experiencing something. So you can in a sense call it a response, but it's actually a symptom or a warning signal. It's an easier way of understanding.
2: Now, when you say that, have you gotten some pushback from others? Because for some people today, this is going to be their first time hearing this, that it's depression and anxiety is not an illness. Have you gotten any pushback from those in the mental health field?
3: Absolutely, we have had pushback, but fortunately, I'm backed by 150 years of research, and there's a massive and there's a massive amount, of, a massive grouping of scientists that that work in the same vein that I do. So what what if the current philosophy of it's an illness is not based on good science? It's based on very biased science. Not that the research is bad; it's the interpretation. So the, these kind, the scientists that say depression is an illness or anxiety is an illness, um, versus what we say, which is anxiety and depression are warning signals. Signals. And And um, the, the, the difference between the two is that they, they'll do studies where they'll get people to say, okay, tell us how you feel and um, tell us what this picture means. And they tell you all these sad things and whatever. And then they've measured the, what's the response in their brain. So here's the thing. They asked the people to think, feel, and choose about something. And then they measured the response in the brain. The brain is a responder, but then they interpret that and say that part of the brain's generating depression. So then they say that depression and then they'll do, they'll do um, various different tests and they'll see that there's an imbalance in chemicals or there's the blood, the blood flow is not, uh, there's too much cortisol, too much homocysteine or serotonin is dropped or dopamine is dropped or something like that. Those are all responses of the body to the mind because as I've already said, the mind controls everything. So they interpret that and saying that because of the serotonin imbalance, that's why you have depression. It's because you have a genetic flaw in your brain, you have depression. That's not not even accurate. That can't even be actually proven. It's a misinterpretation. That's an easy thing to sell to the public because then you say, well, that's the biological cause. Here's the label. Here's the medication. But let me ask you, give you some logic here. You have two people that are both depressed, very depressed, can't get out of bed. Two different people. They do, do not know each other from a bar of soap. And, and they get both get a diagnosis of clinical depression. And they both get the label. They both get the same medication. And they're both not doing well, even with all that stuff. Medication won't make you better anyway. It'll just suppress symptoms and make you worse in the long run. Okay, it doesn't help. It creates iatrogenic problems, which is damage in the brain. So you now have another problem on top of what you are depressed about. So now if I say two people have got clinical depression, am I doing them justice? No, because if I take person X, they have a whole story about why they depressed. So the Mm. depression is a symptom of they maybe had extreme trauma. They were maybe in just came out of a terrible marriage. They may have lost someone. The other person's narrative is they they they've living under the most Terrible racist environment, and they've gone through terrible. They've been this has happened, and they've had police coming to their door, and they've had this one being. And so, those are two different stories. And how can we say they've got to the say they don't have illnesses? They have have they have responded. So they've had a response to adverse circumstances, and that res- they went had an adverse circumstance. Mm-hmm. They they process it through their brain. they thinking, feeling, choosing into the brain. The brain responded genetically. So bad experience, bullying or bad treatment by police or something like that or rape or something. They experience, have an experience. They experience that through their mind, think, feel, choose. That they push that gets pushed through the brain all very fast. The brain responds chemically, genetically, and they build that into their brain. So now they've got a physical representation in the form of a tree of that trauma. That is toxic. It's causing damage. The brain's wired for love. So what's the brain going to do? The brain's going to try and get rid of it. Like the immune system, we all know now, the immune systems are fighting COVID. You're yeah. Yes. Okay, so now in the same way that, that. In your immune system fights COVID, the immune system of your brain fights toxic thought. How does it fight it? It sends out warning signals. What are the warning signals? Depression. So when you have depression, anxiety, anger, frustration, hovering anxiety, psychotic breaks, uh, schizophrenia those none of those are illnesses those are just your your mind and body sending you signals to say something's wrong pay attention grab this pay attention to this warning signal it's a signal and if you listen to your body because it's you remember i said it's stored in the brain and in every cell of your body your body also stores it so you'll feel it in your body so when you recall a toxic experience you recall the data that what happened you recall the emotions what happened how you feel felt at the time you recall the sensation in your body so all of that comes up because all of those are memories built into that thought experience which is a physical thing in your brain and that is coming that's what's coming up and hitting us in the face now you can't push that down that and that's unique to each person so you can't just slap a, and try and validate it with a medical label that actually invalidates mm-hmm. it your mm-hmm. story needs to be heard so with the neuro cycle with cleaning up your mental mess what i am saying is that we've got to listen to people's stories we've got to help people process their stories how do you process your stories? The neuro cycle is how you process your story because your story is, let's say it was that rape or let's say it was that bullying or let's say it was that trauma in the marriage or let's say it was that loss of a loved one or the financial loss, arguments, difficult work situation, whatever, all of us have got a million stories. Yeah. Let's take any one of those.
2: I think what's so, what is so amazing is that I think when people hear this, because I know you freed me as it relates to my um, dealings with depression. Once we started working together, this is truly my testimony. I mean, I'm choosing to believe because I live with myself. I know what my body is. Just those symptoms lessening just by sitting with you and you sharing what depression and anxiety is. So I also feel like those of you guys that are listening, it's not something that you have to be ashamed about. Not at all. Because, you know, when you label it as an illness, it's like that's part of the reason that the stigma of depression is put on it or the stigma is out there. You mentioned something about our bodies and our thoughts being able to fight immune system wise we can fight COVID we can fight negative thoughts what has what have you been seeing as a neuroscientist during the pandemic of how people are
3: coping so that's that's such an excellent question and obviously the shock of everything was an acute trauma so everyone globally experienced acute trauma of when this disease that like in this century how can we have things like this it's so insanely crazy that we with our advanced technology are now restricted in our homes and mm-hmm. you know that shock of that so the shock is Always, you always acute trauma is always very traumatic. So, we've all got a bit of acute trauma, which then went into a bit of long term trauma because it's been going on for quite long and there was so much uncertainty surrounding it. So, we certainly all have got a tree in our brain that is very dark. Think of that forest. You've got a cluster of trees of the uncertainty, of the shock, the acute trauma of a threat Mm -hmm. in this day and age of, of such a global threat. First time in history that mankind's facing the same global enemy. Then, all the confusion, all the memories in that tree of the confusion between the scientists, the fighting amongst the politicians, the mixed messages with masks, the reactions of the public, and the two diverse camps, and the bipartisanship, and the nonsense that's been going on—you know—and and you're sort of thinking that—that that in itself is very traumatic. So we've got inside of all of us, in our own experience of this, we've got this toxic tree, and that's why it's so important. That I mean, that that in itself, that toxic tree, because it's the root is all the things I've just described, and then the roots are this, the origin story as the pandemic started, yeah. etc. Then your tree trunk would be the perspective. This is scary. I'd have uncertainty. The branches of the tree would be the the sort of behaviors and the emotions. Like, what do we do? How are we going to handle this? What about my finances? I've got to stay in this. What if you know, grief and loss? Am I going to die? What are school kids? All these things, which then inf- that, that that combination of the roots, the trunk, and the branches will then produce mm-hmm. your words and your actions. So, it's is that produced-
2: something you guys are currently studying now? Will you or have you?
3: Yes, there is a lot of research showing that there is this acute and and um, long now becoming long term traumas and it's producing the way that there's there's a lot of studies showing and there's different and I can give you a brief summary of sort of some of the things that, that are going on. But from from the work that I'm doing, and I didn't specifically do work during COVID, my, my research that I just finished that's in this book is just just prior to COVID, but we already were in a huge mental mess prior to COVID. Ooh. Just be, just before COVID hits, we had another trauma. So here's the trauma of COVID which is generating the signals of depression and anxiety and worry and and all that kind of thing, because that whole story that I've just painted in that tree, has is generating all these symptoms. So, in order for us to manage, just to answer that one question, and then we yeah. can talk about the prior and the, in the future and what other research is going on, just very quickly, we have to recognize that the symptoms of anxiety and depression are, are normal reactions to adverse circumstances. So, if as soon as we gather awareness That's of so that, good. then That's then so we good. can. They yeah. are
2: normal reactions, people it is okay. I just want to keep stressing.
3: Yes, it's okay. It's okay. And what we see from the brain science and the research to heal from something like this, we can't push it down. We can't label it. We can't medicate COVID, COVID anxiety away. What we have to do is we have to face it as a community and as an individual. We have to recognize first of all that it's okay. We have to embrace it. As soon as we embrace something, as soon as we gather awareness of it, which is the first step of the neurocycle, you, we see neuroscientific that that's that talk tree that I just described it's now in in conscious awareness so all the little branches are now weak if a branch is weak on a tree you can snap the tree off the, the branch off easily so by being aware by saying mm-hmm. okay I it's okay to be depressed it's okay to be anxious I know this is not. I can embrace this I can I can deal with this it's okay accept it embrace it like picking apples off a tree you choose how you're going to embrace it that weakens it when something's weakened you can change it you can deal with it and then you can work through the whole thing of how and create the antidotes and reconceptualize how you're going to manage each of those elements in your life on your own and together in community that's extremely important
2: when we say it is okay to embrace the depression or anxiety what do we say to someone who feel like they've just been depressed for 30 years or we might know people it seems like they have been depressed for years or say for me, maybe my symptoms of depression started around the seventh grade and they were kind of teeter totter in and out of my life. Definitely. Um, And it, it wasn't until I was in my 30s that there was a air quote diagnosis like, oh, this is depression. So if we tell somebody that is a natural response, like I don't want people to have symptoms of depression for 30 years.
3: Okay, so to which such a beautiful point that you've pointed brought up is that when we talk about having you don't want to have some symptoms of depression, but the only way to manage that is to accept it and then to change it. So okay. what? Do, so we've got to embrace it and then we can process it and then we can reconceptualize it. So it's a bit well, like, like this. like
2: when I met you and we started talking about this, those symptoms lessened. Or I'm like, wait a minute, where's depression? What? You know, I'm amazing. Almost, I'm almost looking for it. Nah, I, I want it <laughs> to stay where it is.
3: <laughs> but and if it does come, you're not scared because you know how to manage yes. it. And that's and that's what that's what this whole process of mind management is doing through the neurocycle, well, and that's, the processes, and, right? So when
2: we started working together last summer, you already know an incident that happened, right? But. I didn't stay there. I didn't stay in that depressed state no. long. I was no, you were, I was disappointed, yeah. I was angry, but that would have kept me down for months.
3: Like, okay, so so let's yes, let's take what you did. You had an issue happen mm-hmm. and it was making you feel very depressed, anxious, frustrated, angry. Yep. Yep. So those are your, so those are your warning signals. So what you did was you gathered awareness, but you took control. You didn't just sit under the tree that, imagine a big, huge apple tree and it's full of apples and you bump it and you're sitting under and all these apples fall on your head. And th- that's that's what it could have been. That's a mental mess with this, oh, this stuff, this anger, depression, and it's just like hitting you. You didn't do that. What you did was you applied a neurocycle. You did the 21-day detox. You actually got yourself under control. You self-regulated through mind management. So what did you do? You went through the process of you stood back and you said, I'm not going to let the apples fall on my head. I'm going gather awareness of the apple. So you went, and, you went and picked the anger apple. You gathered awareness of the anger apple. You put it in your basket, gathered awareness. You picked the, and you didn't shame yourself. You embraced it because in that, those emotions is the message and the solution because they symptoms of. So to manage it, you, you, you mind management means I face it and I change it. I get control over it. So I pick the apple. I pick the anger. I pick the frustration. I pick the irritation. I pick the, the, the feeling of the GI symptom, gut-brain connection, mm-hmm. the tension in the shoulders. Okay, so you the physical warning signals. So that's another apple you pick. So the emotions, depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, the reaction in your body. And then you also look at your behaviors. How were you, you feeling yourself starting to respond with maybe getting withdrawn, maybe getting getting frustrated, maybe irritable, maybe not wanting to, to connect with people, or maybe getting i don't know whatever whatever behaviors you got you pick that apple then you looked at your perception how is this affecting my life this is not going to make me see x in x way and i'm being very broad because it's your private story but i'm just showing the process that yeah. you went through so you gathered awareness of four apples the emotional apple all the emotions the physical apple all the physical symptoms mm-hmm. the behavior apple all the behavior warning signals and the um Perspective, the perspective warning signals, emotional, physical, behavioral perspective. Then you went to reflecting. You started saying, okay, here's all my apples. Now, objectively, Michelle steps into the middle of the forest, that green part, the wired for love, made in God's image, wisdom, which is our core. And Michelle now splits into two. Michelle the wise, I like that, Michelle the wise, and Michelle the mental mess And from the situation. And Michelle the wise is the one picking the apples and telling, saying, Michelle the mess, give me the apple. What? What? Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So there's an objective, clinical, loving, safe environment. Then you reflect. Then Michelle the wise says to Michelle the mess, and I mean I, I'm using the example because you brought it up. We could use yep. me too. In uh-huh. my podcast, I'm very open and honest about all this <laughs> stuff too. But we then start reflecting. Why do I feel the anger? Why do I feel this physical symptom? Why do I feel the frustration? And you ask, answer, discuss, ask, answer, discuss, which starts revealing. Then you third step, you write down and into that metacog form, into the form that you- that activates your brain to to pull the two sides of the brain together to start getting mm. the reasons why. Then you go to the fourth step, which is which is you look at what you've written over the, that time period. Uh, in this that you, you did this daily for a, for a period of twenty one days, yep. and that you looked in the fourth step. You then reanalyzed. You look for triggers. You look for patterns. You look for antidotes, and you reconceptualize. You you deconstruct and you reconstructed And then you went to an active reach, which was okay. So it's okay. That maybe you active reach. An action for today you did those five steps in 15 minutes so three minutes per step more or less three to five minutes per step and uh, the active reach for today because it closed you don't go on all day long doing this you just do it for a limited compartmentalized time and your active reach was okay it's all right to feel anger maybe that's what it is and then yeah. tomorrow tomorrow yeah. You, re- you repeated the same five steps you picked up from where you ended the day before and you gathered awareness okay what did I gather where did I end off yesterday let me gather awareness of where I ended yesterday what do my apples look like today and so you go through the five steps. And so you did that for 21 days. By 21 days, you had deconstructed and reconstructed that this thing was not controlling you. You'd built a new sort. So you had done this. Here's an, another analogy. Over the 21 days of that situation, that situation was an ugly house. Imagine an ugly house mm-hmm. full of mold and... Ugly rooms and dark and just absolutely disgusting. And you've bought this house and you're going to renovate it. So you first take photos of how ugly it is because it's in a great area, but it's ugly. You knock yes. the house down and then you rebuild the house. So that's what we've done. You've identified and you know, the ugly
2: mm-hmm. in which we all have the power to all do. of it.
3: Exactly. So the five steps did that. Found the house, took the photos. Doug I broke it down, and by 21 days, you have built this beautiful new house. You've got this beautiful new mental space. You still remember how it was, but you're not living there anymore. You've changed how that incident is going to play out into your future. Yeah. And yeah. then you practice for another 42 days. You practiced. You had a final act of reach. Found one act of reach, and that one act of reach was one overarching. That's how I was. This is how I am, and I'm, that situation is not going to affect me. This is now how how I'm going to move forward from this incident and that little statement, you then practice saying for 42 days, you put it into the app and it popped up seven times and it, you, you practiced for seven days. So that little, that, first 21 days of doing those five steps every day on that incident grew a little tree in that forest and by the 21 days it was a bit bigger but by 42 days it was a big strong tree.
2: A big strong tree which we know trees and oxygen you're able to breathe and guys everything that she is telling us even as far as these steps obviously this is what happened to me is that it can help reduce anxiety and depression up to 81% according to clinical studies. And these are studies that Dr. Caroline herself has done and has studied rigorously. So like I said, doing these steps it has been helpful for me doing the work, processing it. And like you also said, be aware of your emotions. It is okay to say I'm angry because we are in a society and maybe, I don't know if maybe it's men or just people that are really successful, you're almost taught, maybe not, um hands on wise but you're almost taught to keep your emotions in because you if I'm if I'm angry or sad I can't work. I got to stay creative or if I'm if I show my anger, my kids won't eat today cuz I'll be too angry to make their lunches for school or or the husband who feels like he can't show his anger, he can't show his emotions, you can't show your sadness, but you're telling us and you've been encouraging us, "No, you got to be aware of your emotions."
0: The final season of Power Book Two Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything, and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt, and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it.
1: When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot... Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC.
3: There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps. The first
2: time you bring your family pet home or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T connecting changes everything. Limited-time offer requires 0% APR 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers. Other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com/iphone for details.
3: You can't change what you're not aware of, Michelle. So that anger that you feel, if you suppress it. It's causing brain damage. It's affecting your immune system. It's affecting your heart. It's affecting your brain. It's affecting your lungs. It's affecting every single. It's affecting so your. So a lot DNA. of our
2: illnesses f- might be emotional related.
3: it's it's thought related. So the remember the emotions are inside thought the related. thought. So if you think think of think of that tree. In that tree, in the roots. There are thoughts, there's the the thought information, feeling information, and choice information. In the branches, there's thought information, feeling information, choice information. So everything related to that concept is in thoughts, feelings, and choice categories, and it's all in the branches. So when you pull up a thought, you're bringing up thoughts, feelings, and choices, all of it together. It all comes up as one big whoosh, and you experience that through your body. And what what the neurocycle teaches and the whole cleaning up your mental mess concept is how do I manage that? Not just in the big stuff like the Like... Toxic forms, That is that you do consecutively, like we described, but also in the day-to-day stuff. Michelle, what happens if, like, now you you're now doing a podcast? What happens if just before this podcast, for example, maybe you or I got a had got in an argument with someone in our in our family or team? And I mean, it can happen easily in our family. We are a family business. I have four kids; three of them work for me and my husband. So <laughs> we have five of us. The main team is my family. It's super easy to get irritated with each other, and it has it has happened that I've had to get on a podcast in front. of of thousands of people and I've just had, it didn't happen today, but it did happen. It happened last week. We, we got in the most dumb argument amongst us about Aww. a business thing. And then we had to, I had to smile politely, but you know what I, you know how I got myself together in five seconds through a neuro cycle. So I gathered awareness of my emotions. I'm worked up, I'm frustrated. Um, and then I quickly reflected. I quickly did the, I quickly wrote down I quickly. And I did honestly within two, one to two minutes, I had gathered myself and I was able to get in front of the camera and, and, Teach people this stuff because yes. I had just experienced it. So this is also for the day-to-day stuff. And Michelle, the more you practice this for I call those neuro neurocycle life hacks in the book, you when I mean, you practice the five steps for the day-to-day things in the in the moment stuff and also the big stuff daily over time. The two together completely change your self-regulation. We are able to self-regulate and mind manage every 10 seconds. In other words, every moment of every day, you are actually able to self-regulate. And that totally aligns with with scripture, which says, bring all thoughts into captivity, renewing your mind. I'm talking. When a
2: person blows up and just, I'm just, it's kind of like, sometimes you can just blow up and it seems like it came instantly. You know, which don't beat yourself up if you go off on somebody, but it's kind of like in that process before you blow up, you can actually self-regulate.
3: You can self-regulate, and you then just don't you blow
2: up out of nowhere. But it's something that led up to the blow up, exactly.
3: And you said something so important because it's something led up to the blow up. So it's in your forest. There's some black trees in your forest. So if you have blown up, and it's, then you need to say, how often am I blowing up? What are the triggers? Okay, this is happening a lot, and there seems to be this is, seems to be this is the kind of trigger. You got. To go do a 21 day detox over 63 days. You've got to go do the full thing. Why do you keep blowing up? There's a reason. That's the symptom of something going on. And if you don't find the underlying cause, you're just increasing your yeah. brain damage, weakening your immune system. You know, Michelle, in my research trials, what we showed was we had a control group and an experimental group. And the control group didn't get the neurocycle, the experimental group did get the neurocycle. And both of them got tested. In their, their brains were tested. We did all the neuroscience, QEGs, we did blood, we did DNA stuff stuff. We did um, psychological stuff. And the most important is we did They found, we asked them their narrative. So we looked at everything, the whole mind brain link. Okay. A lot of the, and what we found is those in, in, the, in the experimental group that got the Neurocycle, they started off like we had people coming into the study that were severe, suicidal, totally depressed. They weren't sleeping. They were giving up on relationships, their jobs. They were like giving up on life. Like this one of the one of the subjects actually said, "This is like their last thing before they check out." And that particular subject's actually and that person's story is in the book. Obviously, I've kept it anonymous, but it's a subject X. And I've actually put the the book's got some beautiful colored brain brain. Yeah. Um, or head yeah. maps and stuff, and I put that. Now that subject is super interesting because that subject at the beginning of the study came in totally depressed, totally anxious, not sleeping, relationships shot, not coping at work, cognitively impaired, not wanting to get out of bed most days, so anxious when they were awake, ruminating, overthinking, imposter syndrome. I mean, you you name it, okay? And they ha- and this person was in their mid thirties, young. Okay. Still young. When we tested them, just the, the, the inflammation in their body was terrible. The HPA axis, cortisol was crazy. The narrative was so sad. Their psychological tests were like, they were extreme. Okay. And in other words, everything was bad. <laughs> Literally everything, even their DNA. Now, if you think of, you've all seen Jurassic Park and you think of that little DNA ladder in Jurassic Park. And if you pull out the DNA, if you pull it apart, you'll get chromosomes. Chromosomes look like Xs. So if you make an X with your finger and think of your fingernails, your fingernails are telomeres. Telomeres, and I know this is science, but this is so unbelievably significant and incredible in our design. Just to show you how important this is. You have telomeres, about hundred, millions in every cell. And these telomeres are, are directly like they're like a barometer of your mental ma- mind management your mental mess your, emo- your thinking feeling and choosing your mind mm-hmm. so if you're a mental mess those telomeres shorten why, why is that important if they shorten and get weak they don't make healthy cells why is that important because every second you're making over a million cells you and your body you are making right now as we're talking over a million cells every second the quality of those cells is based on the telomeres which is based on your mental your mind so if you're mind's are mental mess, they're going to be messy. We saw at the beginning of our study, those people, especially that particular case that i'm describing now their telomeres were so short now we can understand that in terms of what we call biological age so just bear with me here listen to this is phenomenal this person was in their mid-30s their telomeres showed us that their cell health which meant that their biological age of all of their body their brain heart lungs skin kidneys pancreas gut everything was of a 70 65 to 70 70 year old sickly person so here they are in their thirties, but their body is of a sickly 65 to 70 year old. That means that they, um, that they have just increased their vulnerability to disease by 75 to 98%. Wow. So they in, in a, so now there's that particular subject was one of the subjects in the experimental group. They then did the 21 day, they, they did the neurocycle over the 63 days. And it was in there, it was in an app form. So it's everything that's in the book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. It's in, app in the app. Yep. It's in Which
2: the app. A app. app. It's called, a brilliant app. Such a brilliant app. Thank ahead,
3: you. No, no, it's called, no problem. It's called NeuroCycle as well. Same as the, it's now been changed from Switch to NeuroCycle and it's been updated and tons of okay. stuff added. So there's tons of content added. So if let's say you're battling with imposter syndrome or people. So it's not you. Switch. Uh, it's, it's now called um, It's now called Neurocycle. Okay, it's now so, called Neurocycle. Yeah, it's now wow. called wow. So, th- so this subject went through the Neurocycle, and they they went within twenty one days, Michelle. They went from a totally messed up brain messed up everything like i've described to a normalized brain to inflammation levels normalized hpa axis normalized cortisol normalized their telomeres those little thingies that, that tell yeah. us biological, normalized mm-hmm. by by 63 day by 21 days their biological age was literally matching their chronological age so they had they had gained 35 years of health in three weeks that's, and they had gained 81% control over their depression and anxiety. At the beginning of the study, they said, I'm done. I'm smaller. Mm-hmm. By, the, by 20, by 21 days, they were saying, I'm not depressed. I'm not depression. I felt depression because of, so and good. now I know how to manage it. And that's what we found the people in the control group. They didn't get the NeuroCycle. They got worse. They got so bad that they got red brains, which means that their brains had gone crazy. To, like a so instead of in saying brain.
2: what you are, say what you feel. I feel.
3: Well, because give the reason. So the not book. I. So not yeah. I am shame. I feel ashamed because of, and I, I I am not depression. I feel depression because of. So you f- you're going to find the reason, because okay. it's a symptom of shame, guilt. All these things are symptoms of an underlying symptoms of cause. something. So what we must do is not be scared. We mustn't be scared of them. We mustn't be embarrassed about them. If you feel shame. Use it to your advantage. Say, okay, well, why am I feeling shame? This is a valid feeling. And if I've done something wrong, I need to fix it. Because if I've done something wrong, I've got brain damage. So if I keep it and hide it and get more ashamed, I give more brain damage Mm. to myself. I shorten the telomeres. So brain damage, um, we think of brain
2: damage as someone that's probably been in a car accident or, you know, but brain damage simply by our thoughts, and how long we sit in it, and how we have the power. And I know you're probably thinking, that this seems tough and it seems so hard. I'm telling you from my own experience of doing what Dr. Caroline Leaf is showing us about the neural cycle, it does work. Y'all, I've been very open and transparent about depression, but I'm learning so much about it daily. And when you learn about it and you learn to, like she said, be aware of your feelings and allow yourself to feel that and you take that embarrassment and that shame Or don't feel like even isolating because of the embarrassment or the shame or feeling like, you know, you're a bad person or no one will love you. No one will work with you because of this. I am here to tell you it is not true. And Dr. Caroline Leaf, the work that you are doing to help free thousands of people. I just want to thank you so much for giving us your time and the passion that you have for this. Actually, this is a question I should have asked, and then I'm going to close. Where did the passion to be in this field come
3: from? It's been from the beginning. From what I could, as long as I can remember, I was fascinated with the brain and I was going to go into brain, into neurosurgery, but then I wanted to work with people. So I did a sort of combi- combined degree where I did medicine and psychology and neuropsychology and neuroscience. And, okay. and they don't even offer that degree anymore because it was too difficult. It was like a seven-year degree in four years, and then I went on to do my masters and PhD. I pursued so right from the early days when the desire to understand the brain, and then there was the exposure in my degree to these concepts, and then I was very challenged by professors saying your brain can't change, and I thought this is impossible. You we, we keep changing, and our, our brain must change because that's where things are. How anyway? So the passion began very early on as a, as a young mm-hmm. scientist, and I started working with people with very very severe brain damage, and I tell a story of a young girl who changed uh, unbelievably in over a period of, of just eight months. She had a terrible car accident. She was incredibly mm-hmm. um, she was a, str- a very poor academic student, had a terrible car accident, got even worse, was written off as a vegetable. Her parents approached me. It was, I was a very young scientist and this is like 35 years ago, one of the first subjects I worked with. And long story short is I taught her the, that version of the neuro It's not even close to what's in this book. It's like the first version of it. And she went from being literally written off as a vegetable to finish she lost a whole year of school. She managed to catch up, finish school with her peer group, finish 12th grade with her peer group. And not only that, she went on to get degrees afterwards. And not only that, she actually was a very bad student, a poor student. She couldn't do math or anything. She ended up finishing school with brain damage, having done the neuro cycle in its early version, being a math genius. You know, wow. it's those stories. It was, and I can tell you a maybe thousand I need, more. Maybe I, just,
2: better, I better stick with the neural cycle so <laughs> I can get good in math. Brain building. I don't. I don't like math at all, but that's a thought that I can change. I love math and math loves me. (laughs) Dr. Lee, y'all, please, where can we find you?
3: DrLeaf.com is my webpage. My Instagram handles Dr Caroline Leaf, and you can get the book Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess wherever books are sold. You can go to get DrLeaf.com. You can go to the Instagram page Dr Caroline Leaf, or you can go to CleaningUpYourMentalMess.com, and it'll take you to all wherever wherever you buy books.
2: Yes, we are so excited, you guys! Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess is out right now. You can go and get it, Dr Leaf, my friend.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love talking to you. We just, yes, you're so special. Yes. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open about your story. And thank you for using this and showing how it's helping people. You've how it's helped you. Now you're helping people thank be able to so change. Much. So
2: thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you and um, the vessel that you are. Well, everybody, that's it for today with checking in with Michelle Williams. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, now, y'all. Didn't I tell y'all this time with Dr. Caroline Leaf was going to be mind-blowing? Didn't I tell you it was going to snatch some edges and just, oh my gosh. Listen, I'm sitting here speechless. This is what happens every time she and I talk, by the way. So, we talk about stuff personally, but I'm telling you, she, oh, y'all, I can't. My, ooh, one of my favorite parts was when she talked about how we are wired for love. So if we are made in God's image and if we know that God is love, no wonder we are wired for it. But somewhere along our journey, things happen and we forget who we are and we forget whose we are. So never, ever forget what you're wired for. You are wired for love. Now, that doesn't mean somebody is not going to try you. It doesn't mean that there won't be circumstances that make you sad. But man, how oh, if our response can be out of what we're wired of, which is love. I'm telling you, I think that we can make change. I think we're waiting on other people to make change. I think we're waiting on other thought leaders and presidents. But if we just respond out of what we're originally wired out of, which is love, that change is actually can start with me. That change can actually start with you. Another one of my favorite parts was when she was talking about our gut health and brain health. And there's so many jewels and how our mind is what we think, feel and choose and how we have the power. We can be our own brain surgeons. That's what neuroplasticity is, right? That word itself, we have the power to change the brain and our mind, which is connected to our body, which is connected to our soul. Y'all listen, honey, I, I need some chamomile tea after this. This has been beautiful. I'm excited you know, to continue to have a range and a variety of friends come on this podcast. I'm so grateful for Dr. Caroline Leap. I mean, she's been doing this over 38 years. She comes from South Africa, by the way. So if you're wondering where that accent comes from, she's from South Africa. And she now resides here in the United States in Dallas, Texas with her and her amazing, beautiful family. So I'm glad you guys got to tune in. Please let me know me know your thoughts on this episode. And don't forget to pick up her latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. Thank you for checking in. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. Thank you.